Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Abandonment to Divine Providence by Jean-Pierre de Cossade, S.J., Book 2, Chapter 4, Section 11, The Strength of Simplicity. The soul in the state of abandonment knows how to see God even in the proud who oppose his action. All creatures, good or evil, reveal him to it. The whole practice of the simple soul is in the accomplishment of the will of God. This it respects even in those unruly actions by which the proud attempt to depreciate it. This it respects even in those unruly actions by which the proud attempt to depreciate it. The proud soul despises one in whose sight it is as nothing, who beholds only God in it, and in all its actions. Often it imagines that the modesty of the simple soul is a mark of appreciation for itself when all the time, it is only a sign of that loving fear of God and of his holy will, as shown to it in the person of the proud. No, poor fool, the simple soul fears you not at all. You excite its compassion. It is answering God when you think it is speaking to you. It is with him that it believes it has to do. It regards you only as one of his slaves, or rather as a mask with which he disguises himself. Therefore, the more you take a high tone, the lower you become in its estimation. And when you think to take it by surprise, it surprises you. Your wiles and violence are just favors from heaven. The proud soul cannot comprehend itself, but the simple soul with the light of faith can very clearly see through it. The finding of the divine action, all that occurs at each moment in and around us, is true science, a continuous revelation of truth in an unceasing, renewed intercourse with God. It is a rejoicing with the spouse, not in secret nor by stealth, in the cellar or the vineyard, but openly and in public, without any human respect. It is a fund of peace, of joy, of love, and of satisfaction with God who is seen, known, or rather believed in, living and operating in the most perfect manner in everything that happens. It is the beginning of eternal happiness, not yet perfectly realized and tasted, except in an incomplete and hidden manner. The Holy Spirit, who arranges all the pieces on the board of life, will, by this fruitful and continual presence of his action, say at the hour of death, Fiat lux, let there be light. Genesis 1, 14. And then will be seen the treasures with which faith hides in this abyss of peace and contentment with God, in which we found in those things 
that have been every moment done or suffered for him. When God gives himself thus, all that is common becomes wonderful. And it is on this account that nothing seems to be so, because this way is in itself extraordinary. Consequently, it is unnecessary to make it full of strange and unsuitable marvels. It is in itself a miracle, a revelation, a constant joy even with the prevalence of minor faults. But it is a miracle which, while rendering all common and sensible things wonderful, has nothing in itself that is sensibly marvelous. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God are guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Extraordinary, but nothing that's sensibly marvelous. Out of the ordinary, but not a sensibly marvelous. What does this mean? It means that the simple soul, the soul that is simple, not because it's not intelligent, but simple in its understanding of all things in a simple way through one. Something has been simplified when it's understandable through one, through one thing. And what is the one thing that the simple soul the truly simple soul is understanding everything in light of God's will or God's providence. Or to put it another way, the divine action is what the simple soul is focused on. And it simplifies the complexity of life because everything is now understood as a manifestation, as an effect, as somehow part of this providential action of God who's allowing these things to happen for a reason. And the soul is called simple because it gets right at the heart of this matter. It has understood that there is really one thing happening. God is acting. God is guiding things. The Most Holy Trinity is at work. And so when the simple soul encounters even a proud soul, a soul that is so full of itself, so seemingly self-sufficient, the simple soul is not afraid. Although the proud soul can easily misunderstand this simple Christian soul. 
Of course, who are we thinking of here at Mary and Joseph, the prime examples of human persons who are simple? And the proud soul thinks it's dominating. The proud soul thinks these are weak people. No, <laughs> these are the strongest people there are. These are the people that have put all their trust in God, who have given him everything and see him in everything. And they are extraordinary because it is very difficult to surrender oneself like this to God. It's very difficult to see all that's happening, all the evil, all the complexity of the world, and yet to grasp by faith that God is at work, to be able to smile, to be able to surrender to him. But that person's life outwardly to the rest of the world and even to itself, it's not a sensibly, that is, to sight, taste, smell, hearing, seeing. There's nothing that the five senses can grasp and sense that seems very marvelous or wonderful. It's not like seeing Niagara Falls or a light show or the Super Bowl or something that's just sort of amazing to look at or a symphony, or a concert to hear, or, or a fra angelical painting, or, or something that just is marvelous to behold. That's not what this devout, simple life is like. To the rest of the world, it seems boring and uninteresting. Think for a moment about the very end of the Lord of the Rings trilogy in which there's this incredible dramatic battle, the incredible struggle about what to do with the one ring that, ro that rules them all, the whole showdown. And then it ends with the hero, in a way, the most simple soul, Sam Ganji, who's been able somehow to save the day in his simplicity and after the great adventure, he returns home and the book ends with Sam coming home to his family in the Shire. Now, this is the real adventure. To live our life in this world, to live our life without sensible, marvelous things. And to follow the adventure of God's will at every moment, to be following him, to be loving him to be doing his will, to be fighting the battles against evil. This is the real adventure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.